Hot dogs, hamburgers, soda, a good beer. Or for me in particular, a, a nice bit of a Tennessee whiskey neat. It's 4th of July, and folks all over the country are celebrating. Americans, wherever they are all over the world, are celebrating and hopefully staying isolated in this, this COVID age. But today, what we want to consider, right, as we move into what I've been calling personally from my perspective, the second civil rights movement, we want to think about what the 4th of July means to people of color, right? I've celebrated the 4th of July my entire life. My first memories are of hot dogs and hamburgers and, and Kool-Aid, not necessarily soda. That's what it was like 1970s Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember my family, my mother and my father, you know, my friends, all of us just having a good time. And of course, back then, I didn't understand necessarily the significance of the 4th of July. I just remember the flags waving, people smiling, and always waiting for the fireworks at night. And as I got older, that didn't necessarily change. It took me a long time to start to place any significance on the 4th of July and what it really means. You know, why we celebrate our independence. And even though I started to get educated myself as I matriculated at the University of Georgia and started to study things of consequence and, you know, our nation's inception, its peculiar institution, and the things that today are forcing a lot of people of color to say, I no longer celebrate our independence because it meant nothing to me. And that's justified. In my opinion, actually, that stance needs to be celebrated, too. Now, I know it may seem odd to say and want to do one thing and then support the other. But again, this is etchy edges, right? We're talking about etching the edges and, and cutting from the right and the left and finding the common ground. I think if folks don't want to celebrate, that is a fine American tradition. And, well, don't do it. I just got through listening to Frederick Douglass's grandchildren quote his speech. It's powerful. And it spoke to whether or not people of color should celebrate the 4th of July because it didn't bring us independence, right? As a matter of fact, Independence Day really at its root celebrates the independence of white men of education and means and stance of power from the British monarchy, founding of a great nation of and for white men. And we can't dispute that. But I still want to celebrate, not because I want a hot dog or a hamburger. I, I want to celebrate because, to me, the 4th of July now, and honestly, means taking a time to breathe, a break, and not just to sit down and enjoy that hamburger, that hot dog, or that whiskey and eat, but really to think critically about where our nation has been, where we are now, and where we think we should go together. I personally think it's a good moment of introspection. And you can still celebrate that. And if your decision is to watch fireworks in the evening, then then that, too, is what we should do. And think about where we're really going as a nation. Where 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 do we want to be? Uh, you know, I'm fond of calling what we're going through right now in 2020 as we continue to progress through the covid age. And we are separated and isolated to a very large degree, mostly because of the incompetence of poor leadership that we should really be introspective and take into consideration what has happened and where we are going from here. I celebrate the 4th of July because I want to think and consider. My family and I, we've taken the time to go through the city, 
take a look at how things are currently standing in the, the city of Atlanta. And we see some flags waving, some people out and about. Celebrations are occurring. Things are still taking place. And to be sure, I'm, you know, we'll probably be able to look out over our backyard and see in the distance fireworks because folks will still do that, too. I think all of it's important. It's a due time for consideration. And for me, from again, for me personally, you know, I celebrated Juneteenth. And I also want to celebrate the 4th of July. The Declaration of Independence is a powerful document. If you haven't read it or if you did as part of your schooling and you don't recall it, I highly recommend you take the time to give it a good read. It's it's a beautiful document and it speaks volumes about the intent, the ideal of what a nation could and should be. Give it a read and then think about what the 4th of July perhaps really should mean. Think about it. On today's show, what I want to do is get a bit of the perspective of the 4th of July, not just for myself, but for my family. So when we return, we're going to be talking about the 4th of July in general, just a few minutes today. And, and this will be part of our celebration. And hopefully you'll take the time to give it a listen and share it with your friends and family. Again, this is Etching the Edges, right? So we'll see you when we return. And hopefully you'll enjoy the podcast. And if you do, like and subscribe. Always, that, that has to be the message. Um, I'm hoping that I'm imparting a good word to you in this this age of COVID, when at this point we should be celebrating also the flattening of the curve. We're celebrating an increase. And I'm not going to let this, uh, this segment go without highlighting the fact that, once again, that is due to the uncompromising and uncomparable incompetence of the man currently occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. If you do celebrate your 4th of July, do that and celebrate with energy and verve at the fact that because of this nation's founding, come November 3rd, we will do what is necessary and vote that man out of office. All right. I'll see you in the next. From Anchor FM, this is Edge the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide to find the common ground we know we all share. I'm your host, D.S. Brown, and together we will etch the edges. Today I want to talk about July 4th. Like I said in the previous segment, it's meant a lot to me at a, at a very foundational level all my life. Because it's, to me it's like one of those holidays that you've always celebrated. I remember it from my earliest days. In Atlanta in the 1970s when I lived in Seven Courts on Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. And we would have family and the cookouts, the burgers, the hot dogs, the drinks, all of that stuff. So, you know, I continue to celebrate the 4th of July every year as I became an adult. And of course, you know, once I got educated and I learned things, I started to view aspects of the holiday differently. But personally, I still continue to celebrate it. But, um... We just wanted to put that out there to, you know, share our thoughts and, and, and get your perspective on it. I would love for some of you guys to comment on this after we post it. Today, I've got my my team, my partner, my life mate, my love, my wife, Erica Brown here to share a bit of her perspective on the 4th of July and to talk about the things that she's done and some of the things that we do now as a family. Again, some of you may look at it differently, but we just thought it would be a good thing to share our perspective. So that's what 
we think we're going to do. And hopefully you'll internalize what we say and, and consider it for yourselves and and, you know, do as you do. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right. So, Erica, why don't you uh, say a few words, say hello to the to the folks there, and then we'll dive into the questions. Hello, it's Erica <laughs> Brown, and I intend to try and share my honest perspective about the 4th of July. All right. So first out of the gate, right? You know, how do you feel about this holiday? What 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 are your thoughts around Independence Day and the fact that it was at the root of the founding of this nation? But when the nation was founded, people that looked like us weren't free. We weren't even we weren't human beings. We were we were property. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are your thoughts around that? If you're just asking about how do I feel in a 21st century um, as an African-American, a black person, celebrating um, a holiday that was to be about freedom, um, yeah, there is a lot of hypocrisy in it. Um, There are clearly a lot of contradictions. Um, but I feel comfortable celebrating the 4th of July despite that. Um, and I think that I will continue to celebrate it. Um, but yeah, there are, is definitely problematic. Um, but it is a part of my cultural norm. And um, if nothing else, uh, it has been, as our friends were saying last night, it's an opportunity to get together with your loved ones and in a real casual way and enjoy just being each other's companies. And if I can't celebrate in the exact manner in which, you know, I'm not celebrating quite what those framers of the constitution were celebrating. I don't think that I'm celebrating the same things that they're celebrating, but I am celebrating the fact that I am blessed that I, um, live in a society where I do have some choices and it's not perfect, but I am thankful for, um, for where I, where I am today, where I get to live, who I get to be. So I, I celebrate that it is with flaws though. Definitely with flaws. And I like how you, you mentioned we were having some good discussion with our family friends mm-hmm. last night. And it's funny they're getting ready. To, they're getting ready to get a hit now because I'm gonna bring them on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna bring them on um, again. This year it's just about conversations with everyday people, you know, not celebrities and all that stuff. We just want to talk common talk, and you know, see if we can't find some common ground. I love what you were saying around, you know, um, not necessarily celebrating the same thing that other people's may be celebrating because you know, um, we're different. Yeah, and I know what I'm celebrating. Yeah. So if I, if you want me to go into more depth about, yeah, let's do what, it. Do, 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 do it. Share with everybody exactly on. It's the Fourth of July. Uh-huh. What are you celebrating? Well, let me first in contrast it. Those men that um, were a part of this declaring emphatically that they were separate and independent of Great Britain. We're talking about politics. Like, I mm-hmm. don't want someone to politically dictate to me um, what my um, what my life would be like. But they were also talking social, too. I don't want your life. I don't want your life. But 
Um, when I celebrate the 4th of July um, today, um, what I'm celebrating is the fact that my ancestors contributed to the establishment, the foundation of this country. And it was forced. Um, it was um, it was a complete contradiction and great demonstration of the inequities that we have in our society. Um, to say that we that those framers were wanting their freedoms while many of them, um, it, particularly the very man that penned the Declaration of Independence, is um, himself uh, an owner of a large number, over 100. 600. 600. Himself. 600. Um, that, is, that is definitely hypocrisy. But... Um, I'm I'm celebrating that I as this country has continued to evolve, I know that I get to experience some liberties that people in countries that are homogeneous or mostly black like me don't get to experience. You know, I'm I'm living in a circumstance where it is a it is definitely an unjust society still. Um, but there are some avenues for freedom. I know 100% that I live, um, a much fuller life in terms of my ability to, to, for self-determination, um, than my grandparents certainly and their predecessors, um, and my parents for that matter. So, um, and I know that my people made this country. And so I don't, I'm not going to not celebrate what my people actually made. And I would like it if more black people would, or just people in color, of color, period, would just consider how their contributions and their ancestors' contributions have made this country. But white people are always the ones claiming it. And damn it, I'm claiming it. <laughs> this is my parents' country, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Um, these were people living in the circumstance of enslavement. But um, no, um, I'm, I'm owning this. I'm claiming this. This is this is mine. And that kind of leads me in a, to another thought. And, you know, we often, we bounce up off of each other. Talk and a lot. We talk well. We talk a lot, right? <laughs> we we talk a lot of the same. But you went someplace that I wanted to go mm-hmm. before I actually got a chance to go there to bring it up because you and I have often talked about the Declaration of Independence and what kind of document it is and how much you love it. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite governing document. It's your, it's your favorite document. Bump those Federalist Papers. I love the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, okay. But the thing that we, we you know, we want to, we, and, and this is why, honestly, which could lead to another debate and another show, why I don't necessarily feel the need to say something and disparage and destroy um, the, the 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 statues and. And the the statements and the things around people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, because when I look at them and maybe this will change for me over time, I don't know. I just recently came up with mine that I think we need to blast the hell out of Stone Mountain. 
Last year, I didn't feel that way. I kind of was on the same line with Andy Young. You know, leave Stonewall Jackson and Lee up there. Well, I might change my mind. They got to go. But um, right now, you know, I'm thinking of a Thomas Jefferson and a George Washington. And what's really interesting about those slave owners is that out of the height of their evil, because let's be real plain, they were evil in some regard, but the times did shape the man. I just have always told people who would try to say to me that, you know, they, they should be given a pass and it's an excuse and you got, I'm going to know evil is evil no matter what century it's in. And we just need to start calling it what it is. It's absolutely foundational and necessary. Thomas Jefferson was a great man. His mind was brilliant, but he firmly believed that the white race was superior to the black race. And that was of his time. And he bought into the fact that, because most folks did, that there were two separate races. There were no two separate races. This is a man who crafted a document that, in its brilliance, charts the future for us still today. But in his brilliance, he still sunk to the lowest level of depravity and evil when, as a 44-year-old man, he slept with a 14-year-old girl. And he, he sired five kids off that woman. Six. Six kids off that woman. She was 15. She was for, for, she was a child. <laughs> but she the was legal a child. age of consent at the time. She was a child she's a and a child. slave. She's she was a prop she was property. She, that, that's, so that's what she was. She, she was, was property. property. And we can't we can't push that aside. So while Thomas Jefferson standing tall on his memorial and looking great and penning a document that we both love, we both love, he was depraved. He had a sense of evil at his core. And just like this nation in its founding has that peculiar institution, at its root, there is evil in America that we continue to have to work to root out. The reason we're having this problem today around this concept of difference across ethnicity, because racism is real, race is not, is because of the peculiar institution at the founding of this great nation. That in our sacred documents, people that look like us weren't fully human. This is the country that came up with the most horrible but one of the most powerfully innovative things in all of human history it wasn't regular slavery, you see, because we often have that, that conversation with folks who are, are against us in this, in this regard and on the opposite side of the dialogue. But in a, in a desire to etch the edges, we got to call it what it is. Chattel slavery was new. Chattel slavery was a new thing, and America came up with that nonsense. You know, the, the, it, 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 it precluded the ability to rise from your station. Folks always used to talk, say things like, well, you know, blacks sold blacks and slavery has always been around. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. There were in, in ancient history, you know, you guys, you you folks who know me and I'm saying it more on SU Edges, I, Google, love it. Wonderful invention. You can research and figure out that you could rise from slavery to something else. You can't do that anymore in, in chattel slavery. It's totally different. Now, I'm going to move on to the next question. <laughs> Because, because what were you talking about? I thought we were talking about the Declaration of Independence. You talking about slavery in Great Park now? Well, you know, I, I, it's <laughs> uh, it's my show. Okay. And then and I get excited. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, we were gonna go um, into the next thing. The main thing I wanted to call up though is that Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, six hundred plus slaves. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. Outstanding document. Still want to celebrate. The founding of this nation and what it should be. Let me be. tell you why I think it's good. Yes, um, please, please. Shut me up. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's good because what it establishes, you know, from my point of view, is it establishes the creed 
or is it credo? The creed of the United States. Credo. It's our credo. It's, you know, it's foundational, which means it's the basis of the philosophy of um, American political culture, um, as well as social standing. But I also um, like it because in this credo, it's aspirational. So, yeah, they're big hypocrites. And um, I'm not, the jury's still out with me. I'm not fully going to say that I think that Thomas Jefferson is an evil man. But I'm so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it, 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 in its foundation with this discussion about equality, um, that that is a basis for later generations to say, well, see right here, this is what we were talking about. This is what this document states that all men are created equal. We have to add that men, unfortunately, has to cover women. But it serves as a foundation. So it's something for us to move towards. It is aspirational. And I do think Jefferson was a very conflicted man. And he's a reflection of his time. And I am of the school where I don't think that you can 100% judge people of the past based on our standards of today. Um, I still think you can call a thing evil or um, wholly inappropriate. I do believe in that. But I don't know if you can 100% make a, the perspective of today be applicable to a mindset and a culture of a yester century. So, okay. But anyway, no, and that's fair. That's my point on. And I, I, I love it. And, and, and somewhere it. in the middle, I think we are covering a lot of the same ground. I, I do agree that you can't apply certain things from today to not yesterday, but yester century. <coughs> but, you know, I'm still call a spade a spade. Okay. <laughs> All right. So why don't we just jump to the uh, the next thing? Uh, what do you think, really, um, about folks of color not celebrating July Fourth? I mean, we already kind of touched on this, even no, as we think, the- like you know, folks of color are the same thing as white people, or the same things, you know. So this is America. That's what it means to be in America. If you Very don't true. want to celebrate it, then don't. Then don't you have every reason, and and particularly if you are the descendant of of the emancipated, the descendant of those persons that were enslaved. I particularly understand why one would be, you know, um, reluctant to want to participate in a freedom holiday, where that freedom we could say it still hasn't arrived one hundred percent for people of color. And we could say maybe we got to, you know, over half of that just in the 19, into the the 1960s. So, um, yeah, I'm completely, you should do what is going to bring you comfort and sucker and whatever that is. So, um, do what you, do what you feel. You do you. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it means to be in America, to, to not judge people based on their, uh, for their personal choices. Just like I don't want anyone, they are welcome to, but like I get to decide and make those decisions. This is something that I want to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the 4th of July. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy that considering what my ancestors have contributed to this country and hell, what I and you contribute to this country right now 
today. Very I contribute true. to this society that I am in. Interesting when you talk about that part, it takes me back again. You know, this is going to come up again and again. But, you know, when we went to that uh, that plantation yeah. and we talk about what our folks built. that, And then I look at the corollary of, you know, um, Thomas Jefferson, again, the crafter of the document, 600 plus slaves. And they spent a year knocking down the mountain that his house is built on. And then slaves built D.C., you know, um, the nation's capital. Our footprint is all over the country because we built it and we were never paid. Well, if you don't want to celebrate it, don't. If then you do, don't. Then it's all good. But I believe a lot of people still eat their barbecue. Yeah, they still eat their barbecue. Yeah, their hot dogs and enjoy fireworks, as do I. We all love the fireworks. I do feel, though, very differently about Stone Mountain than I did before. So we're in agreement on that one now. We've closed the We've gap on that. We've never talked about it. We haven't? I thought no, we had. No, I, I thought I remember we had a conversation it. where Andy Young was the one saying no, that we... we never, we never talked about it. And um, I think that time's up for um, celebrating people that were participating in treason. Amen. Can we give it... Ex- and on top of that being a treasonous um, um, event, people that were fighting to continue with a system that left people like me in a circumstance. Yeah, like but the Civil War wasn't for, about slavery. Yeah, I'm not going to have that ridiculous conversation. But <laughs> That's a whole um, other show. Yeah, so, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. But Stone Mountain is lovely. I enjoy hiking up it. We I have do. always loved the laser show. We love the laser show. Yeah, and it feels kind of weird. We sit on the and, grass and watching like, it. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's, there's Stonewall Jackson, Lee, and Riding off. In, in, in President, whatever his name is. The, I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, the uh, the Confederacy. Jefferson Davis. Yeah, they, and they riding off. Riding off in the lake. So that's yeah. a hot mess. Yeah. And you remember, I think the last time, that was years ago, but the crowd is just full of Negroes. As were we. Yeah, yeah, sitting there watching this and we're all smiling, yeah. gleefully watching some traders. I think most of us were smiling um, out there because we didn't understand who that was on the mountain. Well, I did. I Remember think, I mentioned Yeah, it? I know that. I'm saying I think a lot of okay, well, people are unaware I got necessarily of exactly who these people were and, you know... Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm. No, but you're right because they we, may, we, they we, may we, be. In general, we, we knew we and we still we knew. were, yeah. you know, in, enjoying the circumstance. But I do think that those are things that can be replaced. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. That's a hard one. If it's ugly. I would love to be able to go to Stone Mountain. The For some of reason, July. Stone Mountain feels very different. Than the Confederate statues for some reason. Yeah, yeah but it what ain't. is that about? It's it's it, we we are from Atlanta. Uh huh. We grew up here. Uh huh. We've um, I remember going to Stone Mountain for field trips. Okay. Back before I understood that it was a, a okay. I see what you're it's saying. It's a monument to tre- to treason, and that there were uh, Ku Klux Klan rallies on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, that's why there I were times go. when for the yeah. Klan surrounded the mountain and told Negroes that they didn't say that. Niggas. Didn't we just miss a Klan rally? Um, didn't some? I can't remember. Yeah, the Klan was always getting it. The, like, getting I it on at Stone Mountain. The this, second rising of the Klan happened on Stone, top Mountain. Of Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. It's got a history, uh-huh. and it's fascinating that the, the the mountain is now surrounded by well-to-do black folk. Well, okay, I think that that is it because in our experiences as people that are from Atlanta, a lot of them revolved around um, just 
pleasure. We were just always there, yeah. Picnics, Stone Mountain, Snow Fest. Snow Fest. The harvest thing, the pumpkin thing. thing. We love going to Stone Mountain. I want to continue to go. We just need to blast that thing off the face. All right. Yeah, we I, I know we got we gotta keep it. We're, we're, we're enjoying the conversation, okay, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so the last question though was we're already kinda of covering that one too. How we oh. celebrated in the past and how we want to celebrate in the future. I remember we always yeah. wanted to read the document, consider, and kinda of do what we're doing now. Talk about what Fourth of July is and what it means. I love the Declaration of Independence. And what this makes me want to do is go grab money. You know that they can't hear you that well. You're turning away from the mic. What this makes me want to do is read my favorite line. That would be too. That would be too corny. So I'm not gonna do that. That's not corny. You want to read the favorite line from the Declaration of Independence? That's very. Hang on a second. Go go grab your thing while I go ahead and uh, put somebody on blast while you do that because I said I was gonna do that, right? What are you talking about? Well, it was supposed to be three of us on today's show. The, the whole Brown team and L. Lindsey Brown, the 13-year-old political pundit, decided she didn't want to do this particular broadcast. That's okay. Again, choice. I'm a, okay, I'm going to leave it alone. But I did want to hear her opinion on the 4th of July and Stone Mountain. Well, I can't see this. I can't. I'm reading. I can't even see. Well, we got the old don't thing going on. Don't worry about it. Well, um, hang on a second. Cause, and, this, and to your point, this one, this is not supposed to be a long one. But this is a good way to round out the podcast. Etching the edges on July fourth and the Declaration of Independence. Can you like? I'm pulling it down. You know, I have a, as always, the aspiring critical thinker. I keep mm-hmm. uh, critical documents. Yeah, I can't read that little small thing. Like, no, no, I, I can, I can, I can make it bigger. Make it bigger. Just, just give me a minute. Well, you're looking at critical source material. <laughs> Real stuff, not fake news. You're going to like edit this though, right? Yeah, but I'm not editing this stuff out. No, I meant like... This oh, is sauce this, for the goose. This what, the, the noise of page turnings and all of that? Between time here. No, I'm not taking any of that out. All right, well... They, they get a, this is a common show about common people on real common subjects that affect people in uncommon and uncharacteristic ways. Nah, we're keeping all that in. Okay. All right. Uh, from the National okay, Archives good, good, good. here. This is where the one now. Yeah. All right. Make it big so I can see it. Okay. We're okay. going to make it bigger. All right. Wait, hang on. Oh, good grief. You, you, got, you got to give it a minute. Oh, we got the view. Go to the view and zoom in. And another zoom can you in. Make it full screen. Um, full screen. Okay. All right, which which one? All right, so I know that most people really love the we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, blah, blah, blah. But um, my favorite portion of the, the document is prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they've become accustomed. I love that. And, you know. So elaborate on it because, you know, folks need to. Well, as I, you know, as I interpret it, you know, 
governments that have been around for a long time, you don't just up and change them for causes that are light and transient, insignificant and transitional on their way out. will be here today and not be an issue tomorrow. You change them. In other words, then you change them for things that are significant. And then the part I really love is, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they have become accustomed. And, you know, that then says that you just, mankind is trifling. You're more <laughs> likely to just endure yes. an evil than to address the evil because you become accustomed to mm-hmm. dealing with and dwelling in that evil. It's hard work to make change. And, you know, that's what we're, that's that, that, it, that speaks to me in so many circumstances and just in our culture. Like we have become accustomed to this, you know, inverted situation where um, white privilege abounds, where police um, take advantage of peoples of color. And um, it's hard to write that evil that we've just been suffering while it felt sufferable. Mm-hmm. And I think that increasingly in the last decade, those evils have become increasingly insufferable. And um, Floyd's murder, I think, was the, the the tipping stone, the capstone that was like, and that and that is just a bridge too far. We like, hit a threshold. Now you are going to like literally kill us on camera. We have definitely gone back. We've. Um, and we we must we must do some things. It's, it almost feels like their deaths belong in the Montgomery Museum. Hey, and like exactly, and so like, what are we doing right now? And then after that, after that line, it says after it says that mankind um, then to right themselves by abolishing the forms which they have become accustomed. Then it follows with, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such governments and to provide new guards for their future security. What? What did that just say? So when it becomes insufferable, it is your right. It is your duty. When those things put you in a system of absolute despotism, then it is your duty to throw them off and to create new designs for future guards, for future security. And that's what we're doing right now. Like it's become insufferable. And so we are writing it. We're throwing it off. And what are people doing? They're making proposals for designs to provide future security. So they're saying things like defund the police. We'll talk about what that means later, but defund the police. They're talking about some simple things that are social cues that are demonstrative of how insignificant our needs and our perspectives have been in this culture. And so what are we doing? We have a state like Mississippi finally getting rid of its its Confederate battle emblem. We have... Um, Confederate, you know, monuments and statues being toppled all over um, the country. Um, we have um, the Washington Redskins 
like getting it together and they're gonna have to find a new like was it a mascot or no they need a new name baby a, new name. A who, whole new the name. name is the washington Redskins. right they got to get rid of that it's racist in and of itself exactly so we have and so now's the time to push and like we're probably on the cusp of perhaps getting juneteenth as the corollary to the fourth of july yeah i mean i guess it's too late to talk about how folks are saying don't no, 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 we're not. No, one thing at a time. So the point is, <laughs> is I think that this is what we're doing. That that very line, though, the that portion of the Declaration of Independence is always that has always been the part that's spoken to me more so than the man being created equal because you know that's garbage at the time. <laughs> but I like that part because it talks. It just speaks to you become accustomed to suffering, and then when it becomes too much then it is your right and duty to throw it off and to create change and i think that's where we are it's a beautiful thing so happy fourth of july because <laughs> what we're doing is we're in the midst of a, you know an- another civil rights movement and we are creating new guards for our future security and and i would like to add to that another beautiful thing around the creation of this country and its ideal, and I think it needs must be said, in those statements, particularly that statement around throwing off the yoke of uh, despotism, you know, in, in 1860, a lot of states used that as a just justification to state that they wanted to throw off despotism and revolt. So we need to be real clear. That wasn't what folks talked about in the 60s. And that's not what we're talking about now, even though some folks may feel that way. The unique thing about the American experiment in government is that the things that we're doing now are the valves, the pathways, the roadways that we can follow in order to create the change that we want, that we can alter policy to give us the freedoms that, to a very large degree, we're still denied. So that's a, like we said, this is a wonderful thing about being American. Yeah. You know, we can revolt. In within the boundaries of being American to foster and create the change we want. We know good and well because we see it all the time that maybe somewhere, sometimes, some folks are saying why did they write that? Because it gives us the room to maneuver and do the things we need to do. We just have to hold fast to it and we can make the change that we, we need and we can be the change that we seek, as President Obama is so fond of saying. So I just want to say to uh, you guys also, uh, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us and enjoy the rest of your holiday. And thank you for listening to Etchy Edges. Remember, subscribe, like, share, bring your friends and your families, your family on and and listen to what we're trying to do here. It's a... Uh, everyday conversations and things on topics that aren't necessarily every day but it is about trying to find that common ground between right and left or whatever ideology or side you are predisposed to thank you for taking the time and we will see you in the next podcast have a good one be good to yourselves and each other